The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how to leverage the potential of programmatic advertising this year. Joining us is Sergey Shelkov, who is a sales executive at EPOM, which is an independent ad tech company that Forbes has recently named to one of their top 30 startups. EPOM owns a family of digital products that helps brands, ad networks, ad agencies, and publishers grow through digital advertising. And today, Sergey and I are going to discuss programmatic ad in-housing's benefits and drawbacks. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Sergey Shelkov, a sales executive at EPOM. Sergey, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hi, it's been some time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a couple of years since we had you on the podcast originally. So long that when we were getting ready for this call, you reminded me that you'd been on the podcast before. And I was like, hang on, I got to look this up. And it's great to see you. It was actually one of the episodes, and my apologies, we've done 1500 episodes of the MarTech podcast. It's hard to keep everybody straight, but I specifically remember our conversation because I've always thought about creating my own DSP. When we first talked like three years ago, you pointed out to me that anybody can create a DSP and there are software solutions that can help you basically do your own programmatic advertising without having to go through an agency or do a bunch of engineering, build your own products. Give me the update here before we get into ad formats and talking about what's happened with programmatic. Are you guys still helping people create their own programmatic solutions in-house? We do. Yeah. We've seen quite a rise lately. I must be honest with you that the agencies are looking into building their own solutions as opposed to just grabbing something that is there and using a third-party service. A lot of our clients tend to look for white-label DSP to make sure that the control stays in their hands, that they have everything that they need and they manage everything that goes into their media buying capabilities. Because having an agency is good doing this for you, but doing it yourself is sometimes significantly better. So, Sergey, walk me through this, because I've been thinking about this for years since our last conversation. Look, we love our media buyer. We are able to use programmatic advertising to drive downloads, to get people to follow our podcast. And there's a service that we use, Mopod, that is in fucking credible, excuse my language. They're great. I just give them money and results show up. 
Now, look, I don't really have any intention of moving away from a provider because they have, I don't know, all of the retargeting pixels set up and they've got uh, understanding of how to run the campaigns and they know what levers to pull. They are truly experts in programmatic advertising for podcasting. But let's say hypothetically, I was thinking about how I can maybe cut costs or maybe be more efficient for my specific brand. What would you recommend if I was thinking about bringing our media buying in-house? I would recommend thinking really hard about this. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. This has to be not an educated guess. It has to be a significantly thought out decision on doing this because bringing programmatic in-house, it has its own benefits and drawbacks, right? It's a two-edged sword. Because what we see is that brands increasingly embrace in-house programmatic ad buying as a cost saving measure. And they leverage zero and first party data to optimize their return on ad spend. And the emphasis on this zero and first party data, it fosters experimentation and innovation in programmatic advertising. So, and this leads to the development of your own customly built programmatic algorithms. And these algorithms in its turn, they empower brands to deliver hyper-targeted advertisements because they have access to the data and they know which audience they want to reach. So like that's an overall picture of what we see, what could be the driver moving the programmatic in-house. But of course, there are benefits and drawbacks, but we can talk about that in a sec. So let's walk through a little bit of those, and I'll, I'll use my use case as an example. We've got first-party data that people that listen to the podcast, we can enrich the data and put them into a retargeting campaign and serve them ads. You know, or somebody comes in and sponsors the podcast, we can get a listener of a specific episode, this episode, for example, and we can drive them to your website if we wanted to. Now, honestly, I'm creating these data sets and the retargeting audiences, and I'm putting them in places like Facebook for retargeting because it's efficient and everybody uses it. Maybe I'm using LinkedIn if I need a different data source. We don't really use programmatic too much because the direct response results aren't always there. It's sort of great for getting in front of the brand, but not necessarily getting them to a click. How do I think about building my retargeting audience when I have this first party data like most brands do to make sure that I am efficient and also using the right formats? Sure. So the white label DSP actually comes into play here, like, or at least comes into thought, because what it allows you to do is just that. It allows you to have control, data privacy, and a lot of other customizable things that you can use to make sure that you're buying in a more intelligent way. So I would say like the benefits overall for when you're looking towards a white label DSP is, of course, the cost effectiveness, because it literally just saves you fees that you paid to both media buyers and to let's say ad exchanges or the DSPs that stand between you and actual publishers or the SSPs. So you get rid of that, you take everything in-house, you don't pay those. For example, buyer managed to save over $10 million after they brought their programmatic in-house in a matter of like six weeks. I want to double click into that. There's middlemen, let's say. The SSP, the publishers that have the space on their website, go to a DSP and they say, all right, well, I am going to charge you for access to this site because they have aggregated all of the supply. What are the relative rates that the middleman, the DSP in this case, is actually charging? Like, What should you expect from a cost savings perspective? It's not something that the DSPs are really go out and talk about. But you can see anywhere from 30 to 70%, depending on the DSP, the savings would be. Because again, it depends on the DSP, it depends on the format that you're working with, it depends on how close you are to an actual publisher in the scenario where you substitute your current media buying activities with something else. You never know what their margins are, but it's not a, a percent or 2%. We're talking 
tens of percentages. So let's say I'm spending $10,000 a month retargeting the listeners of my podcast, just to use a round number. I would be spending somewhere between 3 to 7% by in-housing us. That's a, a great cost savings. Now, how do you balance that with the efficiency? Now, I have to do the media buying. So how much time does that take to run the various campaigns? And also, I am not a media buying expert. I'm smart enough to be dangerous. I can run Facebook campaigns. I know how to upload my data and build a retargeting audience and put some filters in terms of age and geo and interest. Is it as simple as the sort of user interface that I've been familiar with on Facebook and LinkedIn to be able to run my own campaigns? Kind of, but not really. The thing is, you always have to balance the functionality of the platform and all the different features that you can add to the platform with the approachness, with the ability to run it easily. And Facebook and Google and all the others, they do a great job in just allowing anybody to come in and run ads and to learn that quite in a fast manner. In EPOM, it is a bit more complex just because we give you the control, right? We don't have the control on our side. We don't have a black box that decides what to run where. We delegate this control to you because we are sure that you know your clients and your customers and your audiences much better than we do. And we know how you want to pitch to them, how you want to manage them, and how you want to work with them. And that is a drawback in itself because you need to have expertise in order to make that happen, right? And it's a matter of how much resources and time are you able to spend to build that white label DSP for it to work properly. You can take one in a matter of 10 minutes from us, from EPOM DSP, for example, and it's super easy to just start going and just set up the campaigns, make them run, but understanding what's going on, optimizing and making sure that you are reaching the full potential of what a DSP can provide you with. It requires resources, it requires expertise, and that is not something that all of the clients have. Just simple as that. When you say resources and expertise, I think of some of the options in the consumer-facing media buying landscape. And I'll specifically talk to Facebook because I think it's the one that most marketers have at least some cursory knowledge of. There's a million bells and whistles in Facebook, but generally you're uploading your creative, you're setting your audience, and some of the targeting strategies are demographic, geographic, language, age. Maybe there's some special interests that are in there, and you know, you're classifying whether you're a sensitive ad type. You're setting your budget and you're pressing send. What are the other decisions that you have to make to be able to effectively target a campaign when you're going to a DSP in programmatic that isn't a decision you'd have to make in Facebook? I would probably say there are two key points. The first one is the ability to work with data. We at Epon we support Bitstream data, which allows you to get raw data that you can analyze at a very granular level to make sure that you have all the insights about what's going on with your media buying. And the second thing is optimization. Optimization could be a pretty straightforward thing, you know, just a button we should press that says, just do great things. But on our side, we give you, again, transparency and control. So you have the option to run bid algorithms that take into account various metrics from return on investment to conversion amount to price of the conversion to win rate. And you create rules which allow you to bid higher or lower on specific traffic sources, not just an SSP, but actual apps and websites that give you the metrics that you're looking for, which is really great for performance. But that does require you to set that all up, of course, with full guidance from the DSP, but still it's your turn to do that. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. All right, so I've got my podcast listeners that I can enrich. I get some mobile app IDs. I upload them into EPOM. And now I've got this list of people that have listened to my podcast, but I can set different priorities saying if the person that is in this data set is in the United States, or we have some indication that they work in marketing or that they are a senior level buyer, I can change my bid based on some sort of analysis. Even better. If you're buying through a certain SSP that gives you thousands of different websites or thousands of different apps, a DSP can allow you to select those sites or apps that give you the necessary results that drives clicks towards you or that even drive registrations towards you at a fair price because that all gets sent to the analytics. And then you can start bidding higher on that specific traffic source and that specific app because it gives you the results you need. That means that if you're spending higher towards that app, you're getting more traffic from that app with higher results. And at the same time, in real time, it analyzes if the performance falls somewhat, then stop doing that. Try bidding lesser there if you're overspending. And the same with everything else, right? So based on the metrics that are important to you in regards to the performance, you can try bidding higher or lower. Let's run a hypothetical here. I want to get the people that are listening to my podcast to a sponsor's website, and I want to do it for less than $2 a click. But I only want to pay for the clicks that are from people that are in their target market. So let's say High Touch is a sponsor of the MarTech podcast as an example. They run a compostable CDP. We want senior executives or people that work in marketing ops that are US-based. What are the strategies that I'm implementing to not only optimize for the people that are in my existing data set, but then also what would you do once you're starting to get conversions to understand how to drive more of those clicks directly to their site? That's exactly what you would do. You would firstly create a targeting, outlining the geos, outlining the interests and the positions of people or their IDs. 
that you can target with, then you'd start buying on a massive scale, but you would only buy the people that are meeting your criteria. And at the same time, while you're doing that, you are optimizing, which is a different thing on its own, because it takes into account everything that happens after you actually show an ad to the person. It then traces that person, whether they did a click or not, whether they actually converted on your desert site. And then it understands that, okay, let's find similar traffic sources to this one, or let's do this exact traffic source that's driving conversions. Let's increase that. Let's increase our spend towards this specific area because it performs. That's what you need, performance. And that's what the addresses need. That's what you need. And then you start spending the same budget that you have, but in a more effective way, because you're targeting specifically people that are of interest to you that goes beyond just viewing the ad. So, Sergey, I want to ask a little bit more about the infrastructure. There's this notion that, hey, you can be more efficient with buying your own media. That also makes sense. How much effort does it take to get set up? How much effort do you have to put into building the SSP relationships? And then what does it cost to actually run your own DSP? It all depends on the DSP that you're talking about. If we're talking about our DSP, EPOM, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes to set everything up to get an account to you. It will come included with the SSP connections that we have. You do, of course, pay the middleman, in this case, us, as we maintain those connections. If you want to build that connection yourself, it's a matter of how big you are and how driven you are. It requires you to connect to the SSPs, give them an endpoint, and of course, agree on the financial terms. It could take anywhere from a day to several weeks, again, depending on how driven you are and how interesting your demand is to the SSP. As for the infrastructure, it doesn't really come into play if you're outsourcing a white-labeled DSP from someone as that company would take care of everything. And as for the pricing, again, it varies. And sometimes some DSPs take percentage. Some DSPs have minimum amounts that you have to pay to them. And again, they differ as well. I've heard of the DSPs that are charging tens of thousands of dollars just to be able to use them. On our side, it's either $250 a month or 5% from what you spend, whichever is higher. We actually dropped our prices significantly to make the entry point as accessible as possible for the clients that are just looking to get their own white label DSP and just start meeting and buying. So if I'm doing the math right, it's either $250 a month or it's 5% of media over $5,000. So you're spending 5% of your media. All right, so let's summarize here. Benefits. There's more control when you're doing your own programmatic advertising. There is a lower cost because you're cutting out some of the middlemen by building your own DSP. And then you have more controls and more visibility. Talk to me about some of the drawbacks. What are some of the challenges if you're thinking, well, should I go be my own media buyer and pay for my own infrastructure or should I hire a third party to do it for me? Sure. So the drawbacks are lack of expertise. It does require you to either hire or develop talent within the necessary expertise in ad tech and programmatic advertising. So if you don't know what to do, then as with everything, you would have to spend quite some time to learn it. And the more time you dedicate towards this and the more resources you dedicate towards this, the better you come. But again, this would come at an expense because it's learning something new and it takes time, which you would probably decide to invest into what you're currently doing and what you know you're doing to get better. So that's the first thing. The second thing is it does require time resources, again, to set up everything, to take care of that, to optimize that, to roll out necessary updates because the industry is changing, the technology is changing, and the ability to 
for example, bid on audio wasn't that big and it was non-existent actually quite a few years ago. So you have to update that constantly. And of course, scalability, because uh, if you have limited resources, it's going to be hard to run tests to see what is working out for you and what doesn't. So I would say those are the main drawbacks. Sergey, I got to say, this is one of those things that I've always wanted to test. And that's why I'm getting so much into the weeds here of Specifically for us, buying podcast advertising is something that when you go direct, it can be incredibly expensive, right? People want to sell their podcast advertising at $25.50. We sell our media at $100 CPMs. But I know that there's this opportunity to buy larger swaths of targeted media for pennies on the dollar relative to what you would have to pay to go direct. And so maybe buying programmatic and doing audio advertising is the right thing for us. And that's what we're going to get into in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Sergey Shelkov, a sales executive at EPOM. Join us again tomorrow when Sergey and I continue our conversation talking about the best performing ad formats for programmatic. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Sergey, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you could visit his website, which is epom.com. That's epom.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.